0: Don Crawford, Jr. Here's Michael and Don. I faced it all And I
1: stood tall And did it my way Once again, this is Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of God Country, Texas, KWM 770 and I'm sitting with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael A. Cohen, hello, Michael.
2: Now, I every show you start off with a different initial. Yes, uh, my nil, initial is B, of course, okay. as in beautiful, okay. of course.
1: But what is the A stand I mean, for we, that you're coming up with this week? We walked right into this one, but um, this will walk us right into the topic of the day, and that is a day in the life of Michael Cohen, because you have a story for the audience that's very fascinating <laughs> regarding Grandpa. So that's why it's A, a day in the life of Michael Cohen. You're going to talk about something that happened yesterday. Yeah. And it's very a fascinating human interest, but also kind of an ominous situation that you want to warn people about.
2: Well, first of all, I mean, this isn't going to affect everybody. But if you have a home, it may be, especially if you have a home and you don't have long-term care insurance or if you don't have adequate income to pay for your own care in uh-huh. the future. Uh-huh. Uh, Or assets, for that matter. Okay. So in this case, the grandson came to my office, and uh, his grandfather owns a home. It was his only, just about his only asset. There were a few other little bitty things. Um, And the home, it doesn't really matter what the home was worth, but I'll tell you in this case, the home was about worth $380,000. It was the only asset, and for Medicaid... Medicaid helps pay for long-term care costs. Uh, If you're eligible for Medicaid, the government uh, helps pay. So in this case, if he gives up his income, let's say he has Social Security income, and let's say the Social Security income was $1,500 a month, and let's say that the cost of care is $6,000 a month, which is not unusual. Those numbers are not unusual either. Some people's social security is more or less, and some people's uh, the cost of care, even for a semi-private room in the Dallas area, at least, is generally around getting close to six thousand. But it could be more. It could be eight thousand, or it could be five thousand, or forty-eight hundred, or whatever. So I've just used a, a rough figure. All right. So we're safe if you're on Medicaid. In other words, in our example, the difference between six thousand fifteen hundred. Say forty five hundred dollars a month plus medication generally. Okay, that's why people want it so that um, uh, so that the government can help on that care cost so that they didn't have to uh, sell their a- non countable assets. For example, in this case, the home, the 380000 eight thousand dollar home, does not count as an asset for Medicaid. Okay, and
1: if is the home paid off free and clear? The home was paid off. Okay, would it matter if it weren't? Well,
2: yes, it would in some – it wouldn't it wouldn't cows an asset still, okay. but it would be a problem as far as who makes the mortgage payments. I see. Because the mortgage payments, the government – you have to give up your income to the facility. So if you have a mortgage payment, then uh, you need somebody else to pay those mortgage payments. And even if you have rent, then that rent also has to go to the nursing home. And so you still have to have somebody pay the mortgage payments. So if your child could pay that mortgage, mm-hmm. uh, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but uh, if there is a mortgage, just realize that the government doesn't give you any relief for that mortgage. Right. Uh, so sometimes there's – and by the way, there's different types of mortgages. So your th- what I was talking about was the general – you know,
1: forward mortgage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
2: But what if somebody had a reverse mortgage? Mm-hmm. If you had a reverse mortgage, mm-hmm. then if you move out of the home, then, or if you die, those are two events of default. What is, so let's kind of define what a reverse mortgage is since you kind of sure. brought that question up. Mm-hmm. A reverse mortgage is once you're over 62, you could borrow against the equity and not have to be making payments every month like we do on a traditional uh, mortgage, either or some sort of home equity loan, or or, or some other loan to purchase property. Mm-hmm. So, so now you could have uh, an event of default uh, if you move out. Okay. But a home still during that process until it's foreclosed on at least uh, a home is excluded. Uh, if you're married, regardless of value, there's no limit to the value. Very good. Whereas if you're single right now in 2019, it's 582000 equity. So then, you have to say what's the what is so there when you ask the question about the mortgage, it also may make a difference in limited situations. Now, most people that apply for Medicaid, their home isn't even the three hundred eighty thousand, okay. much less the five hundred eighty thousand. But occasionally, you do mm-hmm. have somebody that's single, and so if you had somebody that had a uh, let's say that they had a home that was worth six hundred thousand, and they were over the limit and they're single, what can we do? So we're switching gears since now you asked the question. Uh, what can we do to get eligibility? Well, they look at the equity limit. So let's say that we had the uh, person who was applying for Medicaid make a, make a loan against their home, let's say two children, for $20,000. 20, now, the $20,000 now puts you over the asset limit for a single person. You can only have 2000 so then you have to buy some other things that do not count or pay bills. So what doesn't count in addition to the home? Well, for example, a pre-need funeral. Pre-need funeral. Okay. Uh, tombstone, this funeral service, tombstone, marker, opening, closing of the grave, okay. perpetual cure, vault, liner, niche, mausoleum. It's not cheap. No. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, you go to some places, um, the... Some places, I I, I may tell you a story. Um, I had somebody, and I don't want to be publicizing someplace, but I I will probably in this uh, little segment Mm because it's a true story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, uh, I was telling a client that, uh, you know, if you buy a burial space or a pre-need funeral, that it doesn't count for Medicaid. So that her husband can you know qualify because he had they had too much assets, so converting assets that count kind of like bankruptcy law, into things that do not count that the government says we won't count it. Why does a pre-need funeral not count? Because the government might end up paying for your burial if you're a pauper at your death. And so they encourage you to buy a funeral. And so instead of paying the nursing home, you might buy the funeral. Okay. All right. So there's logic to some laws, uh, and that's why you do it. So in this case, if they had bought a pre-need funeral, it, uh, it wouldn't count. So I was telling the client, I said, um, you know, pre-need funeral doesn't count. And the son uh, or burial space doesn't count. And the son says, Mom, why don't you buy one of my burial spaces? And she said, Well, how much does it cost, son? And he said, $75,000. <laughs> I said, $75,000 oh. for a burial space? I said, Where is this burial space? Because location, 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 right? And I said, Is it at – Put a plug in for Sparkman Hillcrest. Mm-hmm. Sparkman Hillcrest facing Neiman Marcus, mm-hmm. and he said, "Matter of fact, it is, Matter of fact, it is. <laughs> <laughs> about that." <laughs> so okay. uh, I mean, so there could be expensive. Now I don't know what was built oh, on it, but yeah. and and I, and I may have told you I went to that when I went to California at the end of last Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the cemetery of the stars, mm-hmm. and a burial space there was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh my
1: goodness! Yeah, those are not burial spaces. Those are shrines.
2: Yeah. Well, if, it, yeah. It, it, I always tell like some of the stories. some things on some of these famous people's tombstones like Rodney Dangerfield, if you remember him, uh-huh. his tombstone said, there goes the neighborhood. Oh, no. <laughs> Merv Griffin said, right. um, on Merv Griffin, you know, had the TV show. Right. Uh, you know, usually said, I'll be back after this message. Right. Uh, on his tombstone says, we will not be back after yeah, this message. Very, very creative. <laughs> so, but anyway, a burial space doesn't count. And so uh-huh. it, in our in our example mm-hmm. earlier, just mm-hmm. a second ago, when we said about the $600,000 home, mm-hmm. if you borrow it against the Equity, well, then we buy something that doesn't count. So if I bought a pre-need funeral that was— Would a car count? A car does not count either. Now, what the difference is on a home and a car is that the state has a right to make a claim against the home or car after you die, generally— to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced, there are some exceptions to the rule. By the way, on a car, to get around them going after the car, if they go after things that go by will or intestacy mm-hmm. if you don't have a will. So nowadays... Uh, With a car, you could have a beneficiary designation. So as of May 21st of 2018, there's actually a form that you get through the Department of Motor Vehicles where you could say, I want my car to go to my son or my grandchild or whoever it is that you want it to go to. And then then it doesn't go by will or Mm -hmm. intestacy. Mm -hmm. It goes by the beneficiary designation. Thus, it avoids a state recovery. Now, the most common thing for... A home is what we've talked on several shows is either a uh, ladybird deed or a transfer on death deed because, again, it doesn't go through probate. Uh, A ladybird deed is a deed. It's like a life estate. A life estate means that you have that property for your life, but we have it where you have total control that's not even that the beneficiary has any interest in the property until you die. In other words, if you sell the property, lease the property, mortgage the property, even change your mind on who the beneficiaries are, the grantees of, are the property. You could do that whatever you want. As a result, it's not a... Medicaid is a five-year look-back period. Here, this would be not an exception because you're in total control, so there's no gift. And because it goes by will—not by will at death, which Texas would have a claim to repay the the government for the benefits in advance if you're on Medicaid, Mm -hmm. uh, it would go by deed at death. And since you're in total control, typically you have somebody um, who's over 65, so you have the over 65 in homestead exemption, generally— and since you're in total control, you don't lose the exemptions. And you, the children get the property just like they would have before, um, but they get it at death. Um, but they get, also get a step-up in basis. Uh, in other words, you get the value of the property as the date of death, not what you purchased it for. So if there's been appreciation in the home, nothing has changed. So you have it tax neutral, and you have avoided the claim of the state. Uh, so that's that's what's called a ladybird deed. And so we avoid the claim on Uh, by the state, uh, by having that as a common thing. But there are other exceptions to the rules. Like everything, Mm -hmm. there are exceptions to the rule. Good. Uh,
1: And before we continue with those, Michael is also the exception to the rule when it comes to estate planning attorneys, top 10 blogs in, in the entire state of Texas is my understanding out of, and I looked this up the other day, I believe, Michael, there are 90,000 attorneys in the state of Texas. Did you know there were 90,000? I think a
2: lot of people are not surprised by (laughs) (laughs) that.
1: 90,000. I don't know what I would have guessed. I think I guessed 20 or 30, and it was three times that. So that's, that's a pretty incredible accomplishment to be rated that many times top 10 blogs in the entire state. So congratulations for that. And also thank you for all of those workshops that you've been doing so many years. How long have you been doing workshops now? Since the end of 2012. 2012. So that's seven years' worth of workshops, and they're free. Free education, free expertise from Michael allows you to just walk in. To his offices, typically, which are located where?
2: Uh, you know, where Medical City Hospital is near sure. forest, uh, mm-hmm. Central near LBJ. Central LBJs so are so
1: 75 and 635, right at the intersection there, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And you get to go to his workshop uh, on uh, typically a Thursday or a Saturday. In this case, it's Saturday, September the 28th, which, which is at 10 o'clock in the morning. He has free coffee. He has free drinks, he has free danishes and donuts, and most importantly, that free education or that workshop, which is two hours long, that Michael presents and has been doing for seven years now allowing you to ask questions about your circumstances. Michael, is that
2: correct? Yeah, we ask people what we know. I mean, here we just happen to be talking about uh, some more Medicaid issues, but it could be about wills or trust or, or other, or VA benefits or probate, or it could be anything you want to know about estate planning essentials. We ask people what they want to know. We write down their questions. And then in those two hours, which you'll see, will fly by. Now, it's not a chalkboard, right? Yeah, we don't right. Do chalk a, anymore? Already. No, we There's don't no use chalkboard. We okay. put we have a, a marker okay, and good. we put yeah. them on a board More and um, we you know say what you want to know. And mm-hmm. then through that two hours, we answer questions. You'll you'll see the questions of others that you might not have even thought about. Mm-hmm. And then you, you have a lot better understanding about what. Can be done mm-hmm. knowing about a little bit more about the laws, mm-hmm. and that way you're better armed to know if you could protect your loved ones uh, in a way that you desire.
1: And that workshop is a stepping stone <laughs> then to the next meeting with Michael, if you so should choose, which is the vision meeting.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> for those people who do go, to the two free hour. Uh, two, two hours that are free, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, two free hours. On, two, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. Two yep. hours workshop that is free. Then we also give a free vision meeting. If so, people so desire. Uh-huh. So then we go over your individual situation. Only if you go to the workshop, because this way you, you get an education. You see what the questions are of other people. So you're more armed with knowledge, and, and can, we can narrow
1: down what your concerns are. And they're great. And, and you don't have to be there to imagine this. But Michael sits down with you, and he does this in his sleep. Um, but he he rapid fires questions at you, asking you what if and had you thought about and I think people's heads are spinning when the meeting ends because there are so many scenarios that you couldn't have because you don't have thirty years of experience like Michael does, and so therefore you walk out of that walk out of there thinking and saying, "I never really thought about that." You probably say it twenty times at least.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the unfortunate thing, or fortunate, fortunate or unfortunate, depending on just the way you look at it, uh-huh. that you're going to be you're going to find out a lot of things you never probably thought about, uh-huh. and which. Um, uh, you know, so you don't. It's up to you whether you want to do anything else or right. not. But at least you know what, where your holes are in your plan, if mm-hmm. you have a plan, uh, and you could see what you could do to protect your loved ones, to show your loved ones your legacy of what happens not only when you die, mm-hmm. but if you should become disabled. People are living longer, and p- people tend to forget about the fact that we live longer. Uh, and so we're likely to be disabled, which mm-hmm. might mean needing for care. And a lot of people haven't. They kind of, you know, when I ask people how let's say, how many people have long-term care insurance, generally if I ask that question in a room, uh, then probably 10% might raise their hand. Wow. And so very few. And so, and yet the likelihood of disability is about thirty percent of Americans become disabled at some point in their lifetime. Uh is you know, I hear I talked about uh Grandma Gussie, I think, uh last week's show uh that she lived to be 107 and a half. Uh, my wife's grandmother. So people are living longer. You know, we've talked about the uh, Alzheimer's walk that's coming up on October 5th. Mm-hmm. More and more people uh, are probably going to develop Alzheimer's. That's why we have to find a cure uh, for Alzheimer's. Uh, the people who may have died in... Um, Parents or grandparents generations who died because of heart or cancer or something that they've had more advances, mm-hmm. uh, n- who now might be cured, quote unquote, but may get Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or some sort of dementia mm-hmm. and live a longer life, but it may not. Um, it may not. It might be disabling. And so, have we protected against the bad things? Of course, planning mm-hmm. is thinking about not the way perfect things, the way they are this second maybe for a lot of people. But planning is the thinking about bad things. You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about uh, a couple weeks ago after I got back from vacation, we talked about I had travel insurance Mm -hmm. because we planned uh, if something bad did occur and there was, you know, plane connection issues, et cetera, and hotel and this and that that we had, and that was insurance. Well, as you said uh, on that show, uh, planning is like insurance, mm-hmm. whether it's disability insurance, or life insurance, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's planning against those bad things
1: for the foreseen <coughs> and the unforeseen things that can happen in your life. So, the planning that you first need to do is to attend Michael's next workshop on September the twenty eighth, which is a Saturday at ten o'clock. Dial two one four seven two zero zero one zero two two one four seven two zero zero one zero two or go to Dallas Elder lawyer.com dallas elder lawyer.com if you want to hear these programs uh, over again you can also go to michael's website and download the podcast of these are podcasts right yeah yeah they're podcasts
2: and i might add that Mm -hmm. they uh we right now we have them on soundcloud but it's going to be on spotify and itunes real soon good and the podcast uh, i might add um have really been increasing the amount of people who are listening to uh uh, we've been noticing um the trend because people are listening to podcasts more often than they had in the past Mm -hmm. Um, And and actually, some of these ones, uh, some of the stories that we've told uh, are actually on our website with the – not only on our website, on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but uh, when we do our newsletter articles, if some of them – if we've done a show that – subsequently we do an article about Mm -hmm. then the podcast is even attached the article so when we uh the one we we did well it didn't matter so some of those things uh so some of these shows are actually attached to an article that i may have written
1: right and this is not just estate planning 101 or government assistance 101 these are human interest stories the glory of vanderbilts of the world like you talked about anderson coopers of the world uh those kinds of stories the italian princess whatever stories you tell they're very interesting and you, you you follow them you're captivated by them and of course then you can internalize and apply them to the your circumstances yeah
2: yeah right. Well, so like you said like so uh, Gloria Vanderbilt like you since, since you mentioned those a couple people so just in case uh, they don't understand or don't know why we made reference to them mm-hmm. Gloria Vanderbilt who you know was a Vanderbilt heiress who when she uh, inherited the equivalent of about 35 million dollars when she was 10 years old uh, and had, it was it got in a big dispute at that time. She was known as Poor Little Rich Girl mm-hmm. because her aunt and her mother were uh, having a dispute over custody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at that time, back in the 1930s probably, mm-hmm. she was known as Poor Little Rich Girl. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was earlier than that because she died at 90-something years old. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was 1930s. Um, the um, Then, of course, she had the Vanderbilt jeans. Uh, she had a— uh, which was worth at one time uh, mm-hmm. a couple hundred million dollars just mm-hmm. for that alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, after going through these four divorces, of course, she was charitable as well, mm-hmm. and she had a lavish lifestyle. She had a will, and that will um, left. She didn't have very much left when you have a will, you could know what the assets are. Uh, she gave uh, Anderson Cooper of CNN fame mm-hmm. uh, one of her her assets, except for her Manhattan co-op which is the equivalent of $1.5 A lot of people are surprised that somebody who had that much money yeah. had that little left. Yeah. But when you have a will, everything is public knowledge. But anyway, if you want to go to one of those workshops, mm-hmm. all you have to do, and if you want to know those stories, whether it be uh, you can listen to either prior podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, we had the Italian Princess one a week or two mm. ago.
1: Or the newsletter.
2: Or, or Yeah, they mm-hmm. can either write, see the newsletter articles or listen to different podcasts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, t- to go to to one of those free estate planning essentials workshops all you have to do is call 214-720-0102 that's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at dallas Elderlawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com, the next one being on September 28th.
1: So tell us uh, in the last five minutes that we have here, what happened with the grandson and the grandpa?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we started that, and we got off uh, diverted. Um, yeah, so in this case, just to refresh uh, your memory that we said at the beginning, in this case, the home didn't count, but they wanted to sell the home. And if you sold the home, what does it become? Cash. Which means it was an available asset, and mm-hmm. you have to get down to two thousand dollars. So you had three hundred eighty thousand. Are you going to spend it all on care? Which you could do, mm-hmm. uh, or is there a way to preserve the resources? Well, there are several ways, and one of the questions. And he had been this guy had been working with somebody else, I might add, uh, before they came to us, and had been working for seven months, and had not gotten an answer. Within two minutes, we gave him an answer. I <laughs> uh, said because they didn't, the other people didn't ask enough questions. Right? Uh, I asked, "Well, tell me, tell me something about your mom. Is she okay? Is she disabled? Oh, she's disabled. She's on Social Security disability. Why is that important? If we sold the home, one of the exceptions to the five-year lookback period for Medicaid is transfers to a disabled child." So we could transfer all $400,000 to her, $308,000, without any transfer penalty. Mm. Now, you might say, well, gee, is that going to mean that she's going to lose her public benefits? No, because she's on Social Security Disability. Social Security Disability is not means tested. It just means a lot of people get disabled before 65, and instead of getting Social Security at 65, 66, or whatever – They get their Social Security and then Medicare well before that. You paid into the system, and now you get it earlier. Now, why did I say that the grant? One of the questions that he asked was, should I just transfer the home to the disabled child mom? I said no. Why? Tax reason. The property had appreciated in value. And so if I had granddad sell the home, he gets up to a $250,000 gain without there being capital gains tax. All right. Well, what happened? What is there any other tax issues? Oh, gift tax. If I give away, I can only give away $15,000 a year without reporting to the IRS. But if you report to the IRS, you could give up to $11,400,000 without any gift tax. So now we we have to consider the tax issues and the Medicaid issues. And now we saved all $400,000 from spend-down. So just by knowing one little bitty rule, uh, by the way, a home uh, is, a if you have a disabled child, if they had kept the home, you didn't have to do a labor D. That's another exception rule if you have a disabled child. You just have to show the proof that she is disabled. The Social Security letter from uh, showing disability uh, would be that proof. So, there's lots of different ways to sure. skin the cat, and um, then we start talking about there are other ways, but not as good as that. You save it mm-hmm. all without taxation perfect so it's a simple answer, mm-hmm. although he had been searching for it for six or since February mm-hmm. uh, of this year, mm-hmm. and so within two minutes, uh, we save him four hundred thousand dollars
1: fantastic story. Michael just said the phrase before, one little bitty rule. My bet is that Michael knows every little bitty rule there is out there. He's my attorney. He should be your attorney. He is this grandson's attorney, and he saved them a heck of a lot of money and headache and heartache by providing them this one little bitty rule in two minutes that solved the problem. So congratulations, Michael. Thank you for your time today, sir. We look forward to next week.
2: Thank you, Don.
0: When we declare doing it your way, as Christians, such is actually and should always be God's way. It's imperative that our planning includes implementing indisputable biblical principles, such as leaving a financial gift for your church from your estate. Not doing so would certainly be considered poor stewardship, which no believer wants to be held accountable for. So call Michael Cohen's office to sign up for the next Essential Estate Planning Workshop to ensure your estate is in complete Christian accordance today. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, and be certain to listen to Michael Cohen right here on 770-KAAM.